cue fake podcast music. Hello and welcome to Michigan Another Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. All right, Jen. I said, what you, what you, what you got? (laughs) (laughs) It was what you want from the Beastie Boys, but switched up. I have Evan Yonkers murder in Muskegon County, Michigan. So I'm back in Muskegon. Okay. You're hot for Muskegon, huh? There's a lot of murders in Muskegon. Sweet. Um, uh, I know. And actually, I'm going to put a thing out later. They found out that there's like 14% of millennial uh, millionaires all are in one city. It's in Michigan. Really? Not Muskegon. (laughs) Yes. But my theme is not that today. That's something I just read today. My theme is... Bodies that were found buried. It's okay. a theme you did once, too. Cocoa Beach burials. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll never go to Cocoa Beach. Never? No. 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 Not after that. Do you mind if I go first? I don't mind. Go I want ahead. to tell you about my buried bodies. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So, Bonnie Haim, the first one, she was reported missing on January 7th, 1993, after she failed to show up for work. Let me figure this out. Sorry. Her purse was found behind a red roof in in nearby Jacksonville, Florida, where she lived. Inside her purse wasn't her usual set of keys, but a singular car key. Bonnie's car was then found parked at the Jacksonville International Airport. Bonnie had a three-year-old son named Aaron and a husband named Michael. Bonnie and Michael had argued the night that she disappeared. Red flag, right? Mm -hmm. We know this. Michael claimed that she took her keys and left their home in her car. A friend that Bonnie had talked to on the phone earlier that same night said that Bonnie had sounded distressed and agreed to call her friend again the next day. Like, are you all right? She's like, "Eh, I'll call you tomorrow. Okay. There's no tomorrow for Bonnie. So Aaron, Bonnie's son, initially went to live with Bonnie's sister, Liz, after her disappearance. And I couldn't tell how long they were together, but I do know that by the time that Aaron was six, he was being adopted by the Fraser family. Okay. So his mom dies when he's three, and by the time he lives with his aunt, and by the I can tell you, I don't know when, but by the time he's six, I know he's with his family. So Liz claimed that Michael sowed strife between her and her family after Bonnie's disappearance when she had custody of Aaron. So Liz is saying when I had custody of Aaron, Michael was being a dick. Mm-hmm. So police suspected that Michael. Police suspected Michael in the disappearance of his wife, but he wasn't given any formal charges. So they can't really find anything. Okay. So Aaron, who had his name changed after his adoption from Haim to Fraser, began therapy at age three. So it was at that time that Aaron drew a picture of his mom, Bonnie, being shot in the stomach. And he was also quoted as saying, Daddy hurt her to the police. When Aaron asked his adopted parents at age six if he could look for his mom, they agreed. So they're like, yeah, you can look for your mom. So he goes and he grabs a shovel. So Aaron also liked to sleep with a brick under his pillow for protection. And they were recorded in his, these things were like recorded in his therapy and in his police records. And he'd been struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts since he was a teenager. And Aaron recently told Judge Stephen Whittington that, quote, I've always known that my mom was buried. I just didn't know where. I tried to remember, but I could not, end quote. So he often felt driven to find where his mom was buried. Aaron believed his biological father, Michael, killed his mother. Aaron was able to win a conviction against Michael in a civil court in 2014 
and Aaron was awarded possession of the home he lived in when his mother disappeared. Now, I don't know what the civil suit was for. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it, but he's awarded the house when he sues his dad. Okay. So Aaron began tearing down the outdoor shower that Mike had, Michael had built shortly after Bonnie disappeared. Buried underneath the concrete of the shower, Aaron and his brother-in-law soon found what they originally thought was a coconut inside a plastic bag. They soon realized it was a skull, and DNA tests confirmed that it belonged to Bonnie. So he killed her, buries her outside his own house, and then builds an outdoor shower on top of her. And the rest of the remains were also under, located under the shower slab. So Michael Hayne was convicted of second-degree murder in May of 2019 at age 52. Aaron had recommended that his biological father receive 26 years, the same amount of time Bonnie had been missing, but a judge gave him a life sentence instead, which is about 7 to 22 years, depending on different factors. I always thought a life sentence was a life sentence. No. The rest of your life. No. Maybe, but in Michigan, if you're convicted of first-degree murder, we do put you in jail for life. But that's Florida. Oh, that's Florida's life yeah. sentence. And the life sentence is, it was seven to 22 years. Hmm. I know. Okay, so now I have Phyllis Lutz. She's from Michigan. Phyllis Lutz, who was 74 years old, lived Stop in. Stop yourself. Yeah. Do you know the significance of the last name Lutz? Isn't that from Amityville Horror? No. What is it? Yeah, it is, though. There are the Lutzes also. Okay. Well, yeah. I have no idea, but that no, <laughs> that's not where Wait, I'm going with this. Made a name. Made a name? Your mom's made a name. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember. Your mom's made a name was Lutz? Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember. Whoa. Right? I remember Lutz from Amityville Horror because I made a super poor choice around age 16 to read Amityville Horror while I'm babysitting. And they had a tri-level house, and I'm in the basement, and the windows are behind me. And at one point, I just got too afraid to check on the children or anything. I had to wait for the mom to come home. I just sat on the couch for the rest of the night. Oh, my goodness. Terrified. <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't remember your name anymore. <laughs> but I was scared. So Phyllis Lutz, who was 74 years old, lived in rural East Leroy, Michigan. Starting in September of 2018, family members and friends at a church noticed Phillips' absence. By Thursday, January 12, 2019, the police were called to Phyllis's house for a welfare check. Jim Coleman, who is the Marshal Post Commander, said that the police then received a call that said Phyllis was buried in her front yard. Okay. So January, Friday, January 18th, 2019, police did find Phyllis's body in her front yard. Marsha Lutz, Phyllis's only child, is being sought for criminal charges. Phyllis was known to have physical health issues, and it isn't believed that she was murdered. Marsha is being charged with concealing the death of an individual and failing to report the discovery of a dead body. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I wrote this here. Total speculation by me. She hit her mom's body so she can continue to receive her retirement checks. Phyllis used to work as a nurse in Battle Creek, and she might have been like a money saver. Now she's getting her retirement checks. But wouldn't she have gotten, she would have gotten, got the money from the estate? Well, no, not regular, not regular checks. Like if they sold everything, not all retirements like roll over. She's not a, um, she's not a, a spouse. She's a daughter. So you don't get your parents' retirement. Once the parent dies, that's it. Oh, but see, just... mine's not like that. Okay. Mine goes to Brandon. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Huh. Wow. So the concealing death charge, concealing a death charge is a felony with the feeling to report a dead body charge being a misdemeanor crime. However, I didn't see any article later than May 30th, 2019, 
And Marsha is not registered in Otis, the offender tracking information system for prisoners. So was she not charged? The police seemed to view her kindly and talked about how cooperative she was during an investigation. And I'm just too scared to call the police and ask questions like, why are you not following up on this felony? She hid the, the her death of her mother and received welfare, you know, was receiving checks regularly. Yeah. I or did. maybe she did and she got probation or something. I don't know. I couldn't find anything like not. I mean, what county was it? Well, she's in East Leroy, I think, um, somewhere. It looks like, so I think the police from Marshall, Michigan, are the ones that came. So maybe we got to go through those court records. Yeah, maybe we should. I'm scared to call the police, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, fuck you, and we're coming for you. <laughs> like, oh, no. So the last one I have is Teresa Lockhart. Teresa Lockhart, she's also Michigan, was a Spanish teacher at Schoolcraft High School. Teresa was 44 years old, and she lived in Portage, Michigan. She went missing on May 18, 2017, and Teresa was last seen publicly leaving a fitness center. It was Schoolcraft Community Schools superintendent who reported Teresa missing after she failed to report to work. That's where I went to school last. Oh, okay. Yep. So Christopher, Teresa's husband, was announced as a person of interest June 2nd, 2017. Christopher was the last person to have contact with her, saying that she had driven away from their home after an argument. We always, from the first guy, we know that they say, oh, we got an argument, she drove off. Lies. Okay. Christopher claimed Teresa had anxiety and had left the home before as a cool-down method. Teresa's car had been found at a park and ride five miles from her house two days after she'd last been seen. Christopher wasn't answering complete uh, police questions. He didn't attend any vigils after her disappearance or organize or attend any search parties, so he's not looking. Oh, yeah, he don't care. Nope, because he already knows, right? Yeah. Christopher also never contacted the police station for updates on his wife's case. Christopher said he felt as if he was being victimized by the police's attention. His house was searched for clues June 7th and 8th, 2017. Christopher Lockhart had been convicted of domestic violence from an altercation with Teresa from the previous November. Those charges were later dismissed. And I wrote, was it dismissed because their witness, Teresa, is no longer available? Yeah. Right? Teresa's husband... Christopher Lockhart committed suicide, his body being found October 27, 2017, uh, 24th, 2017. After Christopher missed a check-in with his probation officer and his tether for an alcohol-related charge showed no movement in 30 hours, a wellness check was performed. His body was found in the basement by police, dead by hanging. Christopher left a note confessing to Teresa's murder. His suicide came shortly after her dis- disappearance was featured on Dateline's Missing in America series. Christopher um, admitted to arguing with Teresa on the 18th and snapping emotionally. He admits to killing her and disposing of her body the following day. Christopher's suicide note included a hand-drawn map to where her body had been buried in a shallow grave. She was located about 50 miles from the home that she shared with Christopher. Christopher's suicide note expressed remorse and asked for forgiveness. Teresa's body was found on the same day as Christopher's body was found, using his map as a guide. She... um, had been fully buried before being partially uncovered by rain. There was significant decomposition, but no immediate obvious cause of death because mm-hmm. she's so, you know, um, under decomp. So determined later, Teresa Lockhart was given um, strangulation as a cause of death. Wow. Yeah. So it's one of the, one of those for you, the husband did it books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the husband always does it. Did the husband do it in your story? Or you don't want to tell me? No. 
Fine. <laughs> you always want to know the information. I know. Before I'm done with my story. I'm sorry. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm talking about Evan Yonkers' murder. Okay. And again, this is Muskegon. Okay. On August 15, 2019, okay. police found Evan Yonker, age 28, dead by gunshot. Wow. It was believed a suicidal man, Ryan Barry, age 27, shot Evan and fled in a car. Wait, wait. you said suicidal, not homicidal, right? He was the, a suicidal man was at his home. Okay. Well, suicide is you kill yourself, but he just shot somebody. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It was believed another guy. Oh, this, another suicide. This Ryan. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay, let's start off. Evan Yonkers yeah. is not suicidal. Okay. He's happy with his girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he's not home. Evan is not home right now. Okay. You, see, you're jumping, but we're going to start here. Right. Evan is not home. Evan's not home. His girlfriend is. His girlfriend is. Okay. And yeah. the suicidal guy, Ryan Barry, comes in the house. Oh, okay. Holds her hostage, waiting for Evan to come home. Wow. Okay. So, at the time the police found Evan, yeah. they believed this suicidal man, mm -hmm. Ryan Barry, shot Evan. And fled in a car going towards Grand Haven, Michigan. But wouldn't that make him a homicidal man? Because he committed homicide by shooting Evan. Suicide is when you want to kill yourself. Okay. Yeah, So sorry. let's back up again. How do we know that he's... 911 was called. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Yeah. And it was explained to them that a suicidal man... Uh-huh. A guy that was suicidal... Committed homicide. Committed homicide. <laughs> okay, that guy got confused. You're supposed to kill yourself, not another person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. you're going to see where the suicidal dude Jumps into comes into play when okay. I get, get past this one paragraph. <laughs> yes, dear. But yeah, so it was said to the police, mm -hmm. there's a suicidal guy, crazy, and he shot this guy. Okay. Okay. Does he know Evan? For any of this? Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Sorry. Okay. He does know Evan. He does know the girlfriend. Okay. It's his ex. Yes! Thanks for ruining it! <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> this is the whole story, people. I'm so an Just tell me. Tell your no, asshole no, no need to continue now. So they're driving in a car. Okay. <laughs> the man was... <laughs> okay. Let me yeah. just... Let's not talk until I get through this whole thing. Yes, dear. The man was found. He had... Okay, so the man... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, so the man... Okay, so he... Ryan Barry, who shot Evan, is in a yeah. car right now. He okay. is driving towards Grand Haven. Suicide homicide is driving. What? A, yeah, that dude's driving. Yeah. The man was found. Uh -huh. He had jumped into Lake Michigan at Grand Haven State Park. First... Mm-hmm. He did this to commit suicide. So, so the first reason he jumped into the lake mm -hmm. was to commit suicide. He can't swim. I would assume he could swim because. But you're he, like, what? Well, I'm just gonna tread water until I'm tired, and then I'm gonna drown myself. <laughs> and that might be it. Maybe he thought he would jump in, and maybe he was intoxicated. I don't know. True. So he thought I've maybe had, he I've would had just some drown. Real dumb maybe <laughs> he looked. 
read stories like we have of how many people have died in Lake Michigan. Like a hundred and something. Yeah, so he wanted to okay. be a hundred and something one. Okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But then this, then this, okay, so he jumps in there to commit suicide. Of course, yeah. that, that doesn't work. So he treads, <laughs> he, tread, he treads water. The police are there. He's not getting out of there asking Ryan, him to get off swimming. Ryan, yep. <laughs> stop swimming. A, we can see you. Yeah, there's a police boat involved. All this shit. Hour and a half later, he finally gives up. He can't tread water he's like, anymore. You can't make me go yep, into the he's, boat. He's, he's like swimming circles. Yeah, he climbs in the boat. Okay. They didn't go in and get him because it was believed he was armed. Oh, okay. So. Okay. But anyway, so hour and hour or so goes by. He climbs in the boat. He gives up. Okay. By the time he had given up, he was hypothermic. <laughs> the water at the time was around 54 degrees. I was like, but he froze his ass off. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So Live reported mm-hmm. that allegedly. Allegedly. Yep. Ryan waited for Evan mm-hmm. to get home. And at that time, y'all know this because we already told you all. Sorry. That he was holding Evan's girlfriend hostage. Yeah. And he shot, he shot Evan when he came home, then forced Evan's girlfriend, who happens to be, what? His ex-girlfriend. Yep. To drive him to the state park. Ooh, shit. She had to drive him there? Yep. On August 16th, he was charged with unlawful imprisonment, two counts of committing a felony while armed, and murder. You know, and was the, she like, hey, hey, as you go out toward the water, can you put these rocks in your bucket? <laughs> right? yeah. And then prosecutors believe that his motive was all because Ryan was jealous that Evan was dating his ex-girlfriend. The case is, I bet you he was just banging her better, too, yeah. and it just made Ryan sad. Yeah. <laughs> so this is still an ongoing case. Well, Ryan, she was getting it better. I'm so sad. Thank you all for sticking through, even though I told you the whole story before the story began. Allie is an asshole. Appreciate it. Sorry. Good Dick times. A- Dick Allie. Jeez. <laughs> Ruin it for everyone now, why don't you? Damn it. If I bring up that there's no Santa Claus right now, someone's going to die. <laughs> okay. I have a review of a restaurant called Zeke's, and it's Dawajak. It's in Dawajak, Michigan. I don't even know where that is. On your hand, where is that located? she's circling around her whole hand okay in michigan got it up here like in this area Uh uh-huh sure this area the upper upper half of the state the upper half but not the up but what's up Up close to the up maybe between ohio and canada yes that's where it is um there was uh so it's like, you know, it gets cold in Michigan. Uh, we're shaped like a mitten that should tell you something. I was like, for sure. Right. <laughs> so Zeke's. Here's a negative review. This is from Jason Gaddy's. This is from Facebook. I got these reviews on Facebook. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This is from December of 2018. It says, I haven't been to Zeke's in well over six months. Not to do any, not due to anything bad, mind you. Just haven't been back in a while. Anyways. I noticed a couple of new items I hadn't seen before that went with ham and egg and cheese sandwich. Wow, please keep this on the menu forever. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the good one. The good one. <laughs> I'm like, what's bad, what's bad like, about this? They have a ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the good one. Okay. Here's the bad one. This is from Jen Vec. Also Facebook. This is within the last six months. Oh, there you go. It is June 2019. The staff was great. The food was not. 
We all get the poops, and now we call it having the Zeeks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, instead of having the runs, you get the Zeeks. I mean, uh, that's that's not good. Yeah, that's pretty bad. He gave you the shits. Although, I would say the one that praised him was like, basically, they made me a breakfast sandwich. Yeah, so <laughs> how can you hate them? I know. I love breakfast sandwiches. I know. Me too. All right. You've been listening to Michigan Other Mayhem. Oh, should we bring up our Teespring? Oh, yeah, Teespring. How did they Which... get there? You should tell them. We have a merch. We have merchandise online. Yeah. Well, you could go on to our site and click the link, or uh-huh. you could type in Teespring, which is actually T E E S P R I N G. Someone needs to fix that on their website. I know who did it. Yeah. Her name is Allie. Yep. That asshole. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're not bad. Ruin everything. You're today. bad. Bad today. I know, right? So you can, and you could Google Teespring Michigan Other Mayhem and you'll see our storefront. Mm-hmm. I got my t-shirt and coffee cup. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Supporting us. Yeah. I'm going to get so, my t-shirt. And you purchase the merch and we make some pennies. Yeah, basically. You're paying for the t-shirt and a couple pennies yeah. thrown our way. So you've been listening to Michigan Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Did we ever say that? Anyway. No, you stopped yourself before then. Okay, phew. And then there for a minute, I forgot my name. ADD kicks in. Yeah. Connect with us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, and correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe. Oh, you know who corrected me the other day and she was right? Who? Um, Val. People correct you all the time. Yeah, I fucked up my joke in the show notes. <laughs> She's like, you fucked up the joke. I was like, thank you very much. You're right. <laughs> really? Yes. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.